Little do we know as kids that there would come a time wherein we would have to witness the fact that people are going to be fighting over ocean boundaries, over lands that are no longer above water. Well, as long as there's a tectonic shelf, there is a claim. We are here to bear witness to something as old as time itself, and that is greed. The story of greed, the story of wanting to gain assets while others don't. The story of trying to persevere, the story of trying to grow at the expense of someone else. So without further ado, let's just talk about water wars. It's exactly what you think it is. And considering that it is horrific to even contemplate the fact that we are at a time and a place today where people are fighting over parts of the ocean that should belong to them. You know, I've made enough podcasts and spoken enough number of times about borders and how humanity's greatest downfall will be borders itself. But that's a conversation for another day and another time. About water wars, I'd like to start first with what happened on August 12th, 2020. So on August 12th, 2020, Greek and Turkish warships collided. They refused to alter course and ran straight into each other. It was a minor crash, nothing completely devastating. But then again, it was a statement that neither one of them were willing to stand down. Statement regarding what, you might be wondering. Well, it's regarding this. The Eastern Mediterranean Sea has got exclusive economic zones, just like every other ocean body. And about the exclusive economic zones, what we know is that it's a maritime border, which is essentially put into place by the United Nations Law of the Seas, which dictates that 12 nautical miles from the coast of any given nation is that nation's full sovereign land, even though it's underwater. Let's just get that out of the way. But up to 200 nautical miles is the exclusive economic zone, wherein if they come across any natural deposits or any reserves that they want to tap into, that country reserves the exclusive right to do so. What happens if two countries are relatively together, for example, Greece and Turkey? Now, the so-called exclusive economic zones of Greece and Turkey overlap each other. And the only thing that you can do in the scenario in which your exclusive economic zones are overlapping is that you come to a mutual agreement. What happens when two nations that have these overlapping zones are not in talking terms, are not on the table discussing? Well, in that case, it's just turmoil. And why I say it's turmoil is because this. So let's just get one thing straight out of the bat that not all countries have signed on to the United Nations Law of the Seas, all right? Syria, Israel, and Turkey have not signed on. So this is the first issue that we face. Turkey will never acknowledge the exclusive economic zones because it has not signed on to the Law of the Sea. Greece has. So Greece will. And under international law, Greece will plead a case to the United Nations that, look, we are following the treaty and the guidelines that you have laid down as the United Nations. 
whereas Turkey refuses to follow those guidelines. So who is to blame? Just to give you a little bigger scale of what these countries are fighting over is the fact that there was this natural gas deposit located in the Mediterranean near Egypt, as a matter of fact, in their economic zone, which is called Zor. And this was found in 2015, and just this single site doubled Egypt's gas deposits. So just this goes to show the scale as to what we are putting ourselves up against. Why these countries are so desperate to get these exclusive rights? Because there are ginormous amounts of profit margins that are to be made. If you come across a deposit, then of course you want to keep it for yourself and not want to relinquish control of it. Another example of this would be between Somalia and Kenya. Now, the one of the biggest things about the law of the sea, and one of the biggest flaws about the law of the sea, is that when you go to the coasts of certain things, if you zoom further into a coastline, it is always going to change direction. The further out you look into a coastline, the fur- the easier it is to dictate its direction. But the further you zoom in, it's got tiny little nooks and crannies and little curves. And that makes it practically impossible to dictate which direction the coastline is going in. And according to the economic zones, it is supposed to be near the coast. But where from the coast do you start measuring, is the question. Well, Somalia and Kenya are having this big issue as of now, for which Somalia and Kenya are also going to the international court. It's that bad. And the issue is about how would you draw the line for the economic zone now kenya says that you should draw it parallel whereas somalia says that it should be drawn to the angle of the line of the coast the issue is that every other country in the african continent has drawn it a certain way which makes it rather acceptable that everyone else would draw it the same way but then again There is an argument that can be made because all of this was done with mutual agreement. If a country goes to the table to an international courts level and says that, no, I do not want to settle this dispute out of court. I want to make sure that there is legal proceedings done and we are justifiedly given what we deserve to be had. All the fishing rights, all the exclusive resources that can be found in that exclusive economic zone belongs to that country, as I've mentioned before. This is where the gravitas of the situation just gets deeper and deeper. And why? Because when money is involved, no one wants to let go. The same thing is happening with the South China Sea. Now, we all know that South China Sea, China is literally making islands and then putting military installments on said islands just to show that, look, we own this island. There is more, we have more of a territorial claim to this island than any other country that is attached to the South China Sea. And every other country literally on the South China Sea is disputing those claims. Everyone wants it for themselves. Because the closer you are to an island, the further out your economic zone reach goes. As a matter of fact, the conflict in the South China Sea is so vast that the United States actively sends its naval forces there to perform what is known as freedom of navigation exercises. They just go and sail around the open oceans in the South China Sea waiting to see if the Chinese Navy is going to perform any kind of escalation activity, is going to show any signs of aggression. Because they apparently bully other countries that don't have a naval force that is as prevalent as that of China. But when the United States rolls by, it's all hunky-dory, we stay away from you kind of ordeal. 
so this one i'm trying to tell you like it is not willing as a country to relinquish the fact that yeah this is a really pressing issue that we should actually go and sit down on a global level and talk it out on an international scale with all associate countries present on the same table rather than that some countries just prefer to use shady tactics shady maneuvers installment of things in places where they don't belong just so that they can lay claim to certain things the final part of this episode i'm going to focus on the north sea now the arctic ocean 3 years ago was divided as soon as shipping routes were finally opened in the arctic ocean because the deep permafrost thawed out the ice melted gave way to whole new routes that substantially reduced the time taken to reach from the americas all the way to africa or asia and where things get even weirder is the fact that there were immense amounts of natural deposits found in that area and russia made sure that it made its presence very 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 prominent in that area it's got it's got islands that literally have no purpose islands that are literally not making any money for their economy but are being well funded by the russians to show that we have cultural heritage in the area islands that are closest to the arctic sea islands islands that are closest to the north pole the point of the matter is that the country that reserves the most rights in this area gets the most amount of control of, over the available resources that might be found someday as a matter of fact the topic of continental shelves comes into play here because multiple major countries have thrown their hats into the play for figuring out if they own a piece of some extended economical zone and those countries being russia the united states norway and canada as a matter of fact svalbard is an island that russia holds so near and dear to it but is again a town that is being supplied and pushed to it purely purely for the fact that they can use this town as a leverage on an international table of discussions about the history that they have about the people that speak fluent russian about the people that don't give a damn about geopolitics they're living their day to day lives doing the day to day things and are they wrong for doing that are they wrong for believing in that kind of a lifestyle no they're not they are simple basic people who deserve to live the life that they want to live 30% of the world's undiscovered gas is in the arctic ocean near this site that i'm talking about 30% untapped the scale of the amount of money that is up for grabs is just incomprehensible at this point in time and the fact that we have no idea how many such deposits might be able to be tapped into makes it all the more worse at the end of the day we find ourselves living in a world where governments major nations even the united nations find itself resolving disputes about water about pieces of water that cannot have a physical line drawn across it that cannot have an loc that cannot have a border with an immigration checkpoint or whatever but the fact of the line is this imaginary line 
has been drawn from the get go has been drawn from the conception of the fact that yeah the law of the sea needs to be a thing it needs to exist and we need to draw lines and figure out what part of the ocean belongs to which country of course there's such a thing known as international waters but even that just goes to show that we weren't that narrow minded that we didn't go out of our way to divide the entire ocean as a whole we stuck to waters that are nearer to certain countries yeah and for a security point of view you understand that that is a thing that is actually something that makes a lot of sense but then again we are still living in a world where separation is prevalent and as long as separation is prevalent there's always going to be the capability of us as human beings to point fingers at something and call it the other and that's never fair let's just hope that there comes a time where we don't have to fight over water and what resources that the world has to offer us up until then see you guys in the next one